Hey, Adam Richardson, lead pastor at Sandhurst. We are so thankful that you have joined us here on this live stream on your device, and we have prayed that it would be an encouragement and a blessing to you on your journey. If you are a part of the local Sandhurst family, would you reach out to us and let us know who you are if you're unable to visit for any period of time, because we want to maintain our connection to you and our care for you. If you're outside the local Sandhurst family, then we welcome you here. Um, at the same time, we hope this will not replace, but only supplement the care and the teaching you receive from your leaders in your church. And if you would like to know more about starting or renewing a relationship with God through Christ, please definitely reach out to us at the number or the email below and we'll be in touch. If you enjoy this, would you please post or share this link so others can enjoy it as well. Thanks again for joining us. We trust it's an encouragement for you. Enjoy. Today's reading is from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as a weaker vessel, since they are heirs. Prayers may not be hindered. 1 Peter 3, 7. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you, Dave. They put their personal twist on that. Men and women, last week we addressed the wives, this week we addressed the husbands. Good on you men for showing up. You probably forgot. <laughs> men and women are different. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 Good thing. Physically, on average, men have 50% more brute strength than women. 40% of a man's body weight is muscle. 23% of a woman. So men, just think about that for a second when you're asking her to move the, the, uh, the boxes. She has half the muscle mass you do on average. Women's blood contains more water. 20% fewer red blood cells, and their lungs are proportionally smaller, so they give out faster in terms of, uh, of running and endurance. But here's the kicker really does kind of make you wonder if women are the weaker vessel because women have a much higher pain tolerance than men. Okay, giving birth, guys, we would forget it. The race would end this generation. Uh, and men, women outlive men by an America by an average six years and worldwide by seven. So um, she will take your life insurance and live well. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Article in Time magazine, why is this? And they were wondering why is it that this, uh, this, this difference? Quote, Men are more likely to smoke, drink excessively, and be overweight. They're also less likely to seek medical help early, and if diagnosed with the disease, they are more likely to be non-adherent to treatment. What? <laughs> On top of all that, men are more likely to take life-threatening risks. But there's evidence that a man's biology, namely his elevated levels of the male hormone testosterone, may lead him into the kind of trouble that could shorten his life. So you can quit blaming the devil and start blaming testosterone. The testosterone made me do it. While, by the way, science has shown us that estrogen appears to be protective. It has been shown to have an antioxidant role. So there you go. Didn't need Time Magazine to tell me that. Men are risky and women are protective. But here's the facts. Men and women are different because God made us that way. And those differences have largely been misunderstood, denied, and resented, right? 
causing friction and pain in relationships. But God's word brings clarity, thankfully, understanding and appreciation of how they work together to bring blessing and unity and life. But this understanding is hard-earned. And we live in the gap, don't we, between the ideal that God has shown us and the real where we live on the ground. There's a pretty big gap. So the modern way, when we feel that disconnect between the way we know things ought to be and the way they are, when we feel that disconnect, the modern way is just simply to reject the ancient wisdom as dead, remove the bar, reset it at the real, and just call wisdom what feels right in the moment. But that, as we all know, when it's you know, stated like that, just bluntly and straightforwardly, is a terrible idea. So we're going to talk about husbands and wives, and God bless us. I know there is a lot of pain out there, okay? And this is going to be hard for all of us, but it's going to be really hard for some. But just stay with me, because we have to keep our eye on the ideal. We have to keep our eye on the grace, that, not only that what God has given us, but also the grace to live in today. Amen? He's given us grace. So in spite of the best intentions, I don't always love my wife like Christ loves the church. No, she won't always respect me as, Christ, uh, as the church honors and submits to Christ. But while we live in the real, we don't abandon the ideal. We embrace that tension, struggling patiently by his grace. In short, we don't give up. We keep fighting because it is worth it. It is worth it to work for progress, not perfection. Amen? So pray with me and we'll jump in. Father in heaven, as we look at these things, I thank you for the incredible things we've seen so far, death to life in the baptisms and singing about your grace. And Lord, here I am in like out of the mouth of babes, it is true, it's not my father, not my brother, but here I am, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And so God, help us, help us, give us eyes to see the ideal, Lord, and give our hearts uh, courage, not only to embrace it, to believe it, but to be patient in the struggle for keeping going in that direction, regardless of however hard or far it may seem. So, Lord, help us. Give us eyes to see. Give us hearts to, to stand up and to believe in you, that you can walk with us every step of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One verse. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you in the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. The verse has four parts. It's very simple. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to talk through the four parts of the verse, and then I'm going to give us eight ways that husbands can live with their wives in an understanding way. So don't leave early. I got my eyes on you. All right. The four parts. First part is the command. Husbands. Likewise, you know, it goes all the way back to 2.13, which says, you know, submit to all authorities that God has given us. And God has given um, husbands an authority to submit to Christ, but also to submit to the needs of our wives, to live with our wives in an understanding way. What does that mean? Some of your Bibles say, be considerate of your wives. Literally, the Greek means live with your wife according to knowledge. Kata gnosis. Live according to knowledge. Live with her in an understanding way. Men, we are commanded by God to understand our wives, meaning we will need God. All right? If I asked my wife or each one of your wives, does your husband get you? 
what would she say? Okay, does he get you? Does he understand what it feels like to be a woman in a man's world? Does he recognize what you feel to be a woman in your marriage? What does it feel like when you speak to her the way you do, when you look at her the way you do, when you treat her the way you do? How does it feel to be your wife? How does it feel to be her in this marriage? Man, we have a charge to study our wives, live with them in an understanding way, to comfort them, to reflect on them, to understand them, to be thoughtful with them. Digging deeper into this concept, we live with our wives understanding your wife is, 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 is two degrees removed from you. She's removed from you as a woman and as this woman, okay? And so we have to really drill down. How is she different as a woman? How is she different as this woman? So first, as a woman, guys, she is not one of the guys. Her femininity goes far beyond the physical, okay? It is core to her identity as a woman. And by the way, femininity and masculinity are good gifts from God. There is no such thing as a speaker you told us uh, as toxic masculinity. There are toxic men, for sure, Okay, but masculinity and femininity are good gifts from God, and in their ideal, they work beautifully, beautifully together, okay? So, but they work very differently, okay? So men are very different from women. Here's an example. So um, in our, our Bob group, uh, a bunch of guys meet on Fridays at 6.30 at Panera, and uh, Brian Edwards right over here was leading on Friday morning, and we found out after the meeting, um, it was his birthday, and, you know, he hadn't told us in the meeting, and so we started a, a text trail. Hey, happy birthday, Brian. And one of the guys said, okay, Brian, so are you going to start drawing on Social Security now? Yeah. yeah. And then I said, you know, I don't think he can because, you know, I don't think he can double dip on disability for the arm, you know. And, uh, and so we were just like, all of a sudden, we just started piling on, right? And so the thing about men is, and then, and then Brian got his revenge because he sent us this picture of these giant steaks he was about to grill out saying, it's about to go down. And we we're like, okay, I take back the arm comment. I'll see you in 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, and the, the way men show affection is that we um, annihilate and slam each other, okay? The man slam is, is all about love, okay? And so... Um, we really show each other that we care by calling each other old and broken. Don't try this with women. <laughs> we love our wives according to knowledge as a woman. But not only as a woman, but as this woman, okay, the way she understands and appreciates. Now, I, know, I don't know about your wife, guys, but my wife, she does not like it when I help. Like when I walk by the oven continually and open it and poke things she's baking. You know, I'm just trying to help. Or, um, you know, her three favorite colors are the three shades of blue, right? She likes a clean yard and a husband who gets out there to work in it with her. But I like to use machines in the yard that could kill you. But she likes to use these little snippers. And she likes to sculpt things, right? So it's very different approaches to to the yard work. She likes good coffee. She grew up in Seattle where there's not a Starbucks on every corner. There's two, right? And so, um, you know, Espresso roast, non-fat, grande lattes, always welcome, right? So she doesn't like red roses. She likes peach roses and even better wildflowers, and the best is freesia, right? And which has a very short window of when it blooms. And so deeper than these preferences, I'm beginning after 22 years to understand the values behind them. So I'm kind of, you know, when you go to the airport, I'm like, hey, we got four hours. Let's hang out in the atrium kind of guy. She's like, let's wait at the gate kind of person. And I really resented that at first until twice, not once, twice in our marriage, we actually made the plane because we did that, right? Um, once they actually moved the time up 
and boom, boarded our flight and left. And the other time we were sitting in a cafe inside of our gate. I was like, what are we doing? Let's go do something, you know? Like, like can we please go to that cafe? Like right there, you know? And we did, and it was like 50 yards away and we're sitting there and we only made the plane because we literally overheard the couple. We were somewhere in mid-America, you know, we were traveling around. We didn't know. And we overheard the couple next to us say, hey, they had to jump on the flight. It's our flight. We didn't know what time zone we were in. And we had misjudged it. And we made that plane because we were waiting at the gate, okay? And so I have, I'm now a wait at the gate person, okay? And, 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 but that, but to under, the, the value there is like, you know, comes right out of um, Jocko Willink, Navy SEAL, you know, extreme ownership. Take ownership, get it right. And I'm kind of like, ah, we'll figure it out. But she's like, no, we'll get it right. And, and believe me, I have adopted that view now. Um, but I'm, I'm beginning to understand that I'm not just married to a woman who's different from me. I'm married to this woman who has a background, has values. And you know what? God put us together for a reason. And it is my job as the husband to continue over the decades to draw out those reasons and be enriched by them, not to resent them. Okay? So, don't get me wrong. I'm no expert. Okay, guys, I'm, I'm 22 years in. I'm still a rookie. I still kind of feel like a newlywed. I'm still a rookie, all right? But um, my knowledge is beginning to register, okay? And so we are commanded by God to love our wives according to knowledge in an understanding way. Do we do that? And so we actually have to, are commanded to honor her in two ways. First, as different, and the second is the same. God's telling us in this verse, okay, live with your wives in an understanding way. There's a way in which she is the same, and there's a way in which she is different. The same part comes up in a minute. The different part is now, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel. What does that mean? Liter- weaker vessel means literally jar, you know, that she is the weaker body, right? Some Bibles say partner. That is an interpretation. The Greek says vessel. And so, and if you drill down on weaker, that word, the etymology in the Greek of the word weaker means the non-alpha in strength. Non-alpha in strength. So she is the non-alpha in strength vessel. Now, if you're a little guy, you might need to work out, all right? So you can be the alpha in strength. But technically, according to the Greek and according to usually the way it is, it means non-alpha in strength. So let me show you. It does not mean lesser. It does not mean lesser. So, for example, figure this out. Some of you have seen this illustration before. All right, I'm going to put that there. I got that here in a box this size, you know, wrapped in bubble wrap. So, but here's a mug, right? Here's my Yeti mug. It's simple, it's tough, it's practical, like a man, okay? Yeti mugs are men, okay? Simple, tough, practical. I wash it every year, whether I need to or not, <laughs> and then I literally throw it into the cabinet, right? I throw it into the back of my car. I, I finish drinking and poof, you know, I have a Jeep though. My back window is like, a, is, like, is like cloth, so it's okay. But, you know, you just literally toss it around. It's fine. It, you can't tell. And I've had it for like 10 years and it, it, it's perfect. Um, so this is how uh, men are. Women, when it says they are the weaker vessel, it means weaker, not like lesser, but like fine china. Okay? So this is like a woman, right? So this is uh, not tough. It is precious, though. It is delicate. It is complicated. It is wonderful. It is mysterious, okay? When you use it, it's beautiful, like a woman, okay? And so when we say, so which is better, the fine china or the Yeti? Don't answer that, okay? 
They both have their place. They're both valuable. They're both wonderful. They're just different. And the woman is a weaker vessel, not in that she's lesser, like Tupperware. She's a weaker vessel like fine bone china. She is wonderful, glorious, intricate, mysterious, valuable. And so we should treat our wives tenderly, remembering the fine nature that God has given them. And we don't want her to be a man. Men, you married a woman because that's the way God made us, to be complemented by and completed by a woman, not a man. And so we can't resent the differences. We embrace them. It takes a little longer to wash that dish. I don't throw it in the cabinet or the back seat. I'm gentle with it. I'm thoughtful with it. I'm careful with it. I'm tender with it. It takes more effort. But I don't resent that effort because I'm preserving the value. And that's what we do for our wives. All right, we have a video from the staff retreat. See if this uh, comes up. That kind of illustrates the way that men use things differently. Tender with the steaks, people. Not with the football. Easy with the marshmallow. Easy does it. Thank you, Caleb, for the video. Well done. Yeah. And so the video illustrates what Peter's trying to tell us, that you don't treat men, you don't treat everything the same. You treat things correctly with the, with the, what they, the way that they are made, according to their design. And so Peter has instructed wives to submit, and I want to talk to men about their leadership. Um, We are called to be leaders, but not leaders in the way that we take. The world puts leaders in who take, but Christ is a leader who does what? He gives. And so as leaders, what we do is we don't take, we give. So we lay down our lives. It says, husbands, love your wives in Ephesians 5, as Christ loved the church and lay down his life for her. So in other words, our role in life is to literally lay down our lives for our wives. Yes, Okay, take, take the bullet when the intruder comes, but that's not mainly what it's talking about. It's mainly talking about the daily sacrifices of doing what it takes to bring, give life to your wife on a day-in, day-out basis, to look for ways to get up under her burden and to be a blessing to her as Christ is for us. Amen? So, to love her as Christ loved us. So, we honor her differently as the weaker vessel. We honor her the same as the great heirs and the great 
grace of life. So by the way, guys, this statement, don't read over that too quickly. Peter is saying women are equal with men before God as inheritors of his glory. Now, we all think that is normal. But in the ancient world, there was no other religion that believed women and children had equality with men. Christians became famous early on for saving the girl babies that had been left out and exposed to die because they adopted them because they were co-heirs. And what he's saying, what Peter's saying is, men, keep in mind that God the Father looks at his sons and his daughters as equal heirs of his kingdom. And do the kings and the queens honor each other, the princes and the princesses, do they recognize their equality before God the Father? If you were in the British Empire, until 2011, if you were the firstborn daughter and there was a later son that came, king went, the, the crown went to him. Until 2011, Elizabeth II changed it so that in the next generation, whoever has a daughter first, she will be the queen. God said it 2,000 years ago that men and women are equal heirs to the kingdom of heaven. And so Peter's saying, before God, men, she is your equal. Honor her as such. Are you with me? This has been the design from the beginning, but it was lost. Even in Jesus' day, they were surprised that, to find Jesus talking to a Samaritan woman at the well. What are you doing talking to this woman? And they tried to stop Jesus from loving who? The children. But Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And they stayed in Samaria three days on the testimony of this woman who brought her whole village to see Jesus. And so Jesus is restoring the dignity, the full dignity of women and children as co-heirs in God. Both men and women made in the image of God. Both will be judged by their deeds and both will go to heaven or hell for eternity. Unfortunately, out there, that law is not observed. It's the law of the jungle. It's the law of Darwin. And the little guy gets eaten and run over by the big guy. But as Christians, we don't do that. We believe that we will together be equally pursued by God, respond to God, and be rewarded and glorified by God in heaven. Amen? Amen. Which is why verse 7 closes with this charge, so that your prayers may not be hindered. This is a threat from God. If you will not relate to and love that woman whom I have entrusted to your care well, I will pull back my fellowship from you. That is exactly what that is saying. So guys, if you feel like God is distant, looking up, how are you looking over? How are we doing? That's, the, that's it. Live with your wives in an understanding way. Showing honor to her as the weaker vessel, not any less precious, but just as valuable, 
and as a co-heir with Christ so that our prayers may not be hindered. Can I just move into eight things now that I think could help us as husbands? Just write down these eight words. How to live with our wives in an understanding way. First of all, listen. And this is kind of out of my life, getting it right and getting it wrong a lot of times, and I'm still on that journey with you. Can I just communicate that, that I'm not getting all this right either, that I'm a fellow journeyman? Uh, but let's, we can't give up on the ideal. Let's keep working for it and towards it. Listening communicates honor, right? And I'll be the first to admit I'm growing in this. My wife is intelligent and interesting, but as a man, can, can we get caught up in our own world, right? And so we, we're trying to listen to her, her, our wives while we're kind of watching ESPN and checking on something on the internet. No. No. Don't grunt. Put down your stuff. Give her the honor of your full attention, okay? Second, affirmation. We, while we're listening, instead of jumping to answers that are easy solutions to her simple problems, why didn't you try X? No. Affirm her thoughts. Affirm the feelings behind them. Affirm what's coming out of her. That is so awesome your boss said that about you. I'm so sorry that your boss overlooked the hard work you've been doing. I see it. I can see that you're an amazing player there because God put you in her life. No matter what the world does to your wife, you should be a place where she finds encouragement, strength, re renewal, affirmation. Because she probably won't find it in the world. She better find it from us men. You affirm by active listening. Ask questions about her week, her life, her ideas. When in doubt, try this. Ask her, hey, what happened today? And then when she tells you something, say, how did you feel about that? And pay attention to the answer, okay? We don't just listen to the words and let them go through. That's not the win. The win is actually beginning to develop oneness with our wives by understanding them, not just hearing the words. Our oneness as a married couple depends on our understanding each other. Don't let your wife be wondering what you think and feel about her. Look at her. Tell her she's pretty. Tell her she's awesome. Tell her that you'd be a mess without her because it's true. You'd have things growing in places you shouldn't have them, okay? She keeps you alive. It's like, just thank your wife. Don't, don't take her for granted. And then take your wife's thoughts as seriously as your own because you are one before God. And her thoughts matter to God. They should matter to us. Thirdly, time. All of this listening and affirmation is gonna take time, guys. Stop what we're doing. Do what you did when we were dating. Remember those days? You made time, you blocked out under the basket to make sure that you had time for her. We get in these ruts of efficiency and days can go by, weeks can go by, months can go by without a face-to-face -face conversation. No man marries a woman for efficiency. No man marries a woman because he says, man, you can, you can sew a great pair of pants. Okay, we get married because our hearts are connected. Keep them that way. Our wives cannot feel like they're taking a back seat to our other priorities. Fourthly, affection. Now you say, yeah, no, I didn't say sex. I said affection, okay? Non-sexual touching. We must give them that. We must every day hug our wives, tell them we love them. They need everyday affection, holding her hand, giving her a hug, 
You find out how your wife is, what she wants, what she needs. I forget the statistics. There's science behind the fact that people need seven touches a day. When, we, when I come home, Heather and I have the routine where we try to greet each other. We don't just, you know, we first kind of yell, where are you in the house, right? And then, we, you know, we find each other. We try to make eye contact, smile, hug, look at each other, love you, kiss, you know, and connect, right? Not just, you know, you, know, you throw down your bag, you yell, two hours, I'll see you at dinner. You know, connect, connect, affection. Uh, and Ina shared with me, Heather shared with me that, okay, one wife, two names, okay, Ina and Heather, right? So uh, Heather shared with me that when we started dating, one of the things that she really enjoyed, the affection she enjoyed for me was, was laughing. She really wanted to laugh. Our guys, our wives also need us to be lighthearted, okay? So um, I, may, I have a goal to make my wife laugh every day. That is, like, that is a goal I have. That's, and, and so uh, try, to, try to utilize, sometimes I'll be laying in bed and she'll say, tell me something funny, you know, and like, oh, I missed it today, you know. She needs that affirmation. This is one way I show her this affection. Fifthly, development. Guys, she must never wonder, what could I have done or become if I hadn't married this guy and basically taken on all of his laundry? Our wives need to be developed. Guys, our heavenly bridegroom, Jesus, gave us gifts as men. He is developing those gifts as men. And he gave us, these women, to come alongside of us in that journey. And now we do the same for them. We understand their gifts. We look into their gifts and passions and her talents. Spend the time, spend the money to make your wife what she needs to be. My wife is an activist. She loves activism, and she is a public school librarian. She loves literacy, and so consequently, you know, the books pile up in the back of her car, and what she likes to do, like her, one of her favorite things to do on a Friday night is to drive around town and like stuff books in these little free libraries around town. I'm not even lying. This is what we do. It's amazing, and but honestly, it's because she loves and is passionate about literacy for people who don't have access to books. Do I have that passion? I love books. I do not have that passion. They can come to me for a book, right? And so, but you know what? I do it. And I don't just like, not looking at my watch, you know, the game starts in 30 minutes. You got to do it cheerfully. You got to embrace it like it's your own. And I have begun to love literacy. Okay, this is, uh, there's a lot of ways in which I fail, a lot of ways in which I fail. Can we just get that right right now? Okay, but this one way, I have begun to adopt an affection for those who don't have support at home and have access to literacy. So I've begun to adopt that as my own. And so I'm like, when are we, like, we going to go out again, you know? And, and, and we start making these boxes. So development, develop our wives. Next, help. Okay, I thought the wife was supposed to help me. Yes, but... Uh, we need to help them, okay? Take out the garbage. Change the toilet paper roll. Men, you can do this. It's not rocket science. <laughs> My wife prefers that, and, 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 and by take out the garbage, I don't mean shove it down six times. I don't want to make her use the trash compactor, okay? I take it out when it's three quarters full. Yes, I probably waste seven bags a year doing that, but you know what? That seven bags a year is an investment in our marriage. I take out the trash when it's three quarters full so she doesn't have to compact it like a guy. We can do that, guys. We can do that. One woman said, the sound of my husband vacuuming is foreplay, okay? <laughs> but hey, this is, this is part of understanding and affirming, listening, helping our wives. Our wives need leadership. Um, we agreed on a schedule. If I agree that the kids need to come in, I need to make sure it happens, not her. 
make sure that you're taking ultimate responsibility to make sure that things happen in your family that the two of you have agreed on, not putting it on her to do it. Um, Number eight, lastly, humility. Yes, we want to be leaders, but we also got to be humble. We got to be learners. We got to be growers. Get in a Bob group and be learning and growing as a guy. And I'm, you know, yes, she wants you to be strong, but she also wants you to be humble and tender. Um, the worship team can come on up as we close. I would love to give you this last illustration. I love uh, the Yeti and the uh, the sign China really helps me. The one other illustration that's helped me in understanding what it means to live with my wife in an understanding way as the weaker vessel, as a co-heir in Christ, lest my prayers be hindered. When we were planning to move from England to America, we were headed for a big transition, of course. New city, new church, really a new language, like new everything. And there was a lot, there was a lot of variables out there. And I, in the marriage, am the kind of guy who's like, we'll wing it. And she's the one like, we'll plan to succeed, not wing to succeed. And so she could see this was a big thing coming, and it could be a, a problem in our marriage. And so we got some, pre, like some preventative counseling going into this transition, which I actually highly recommend if you know you're going into a transition. And we met with our vicar like six times. And at one point she said, uh, Steve, I'm just concerned about this transition with Adam because he just kind of, you know, he just kind of makes things happen when he can, as he can. And there's a, so many details. I'm just afraid some important ball is going to get dropped, and I'm afraid about that. And Steve turns to me and said, did you feel what she felt when she said that? And I said, I get it. I understand. You know, I, I, you know, and he says, I didn't ask if you understood. I said, did you feel what she felt when she said that? I said, well, no, I'm not a woman. I'm... He says, look, until you do, your wife will not trust that you really get her. And I said, well, how can I do that? And he said, good luck, brother. <laughs> so... I sat down with Heather and said, tell me again, explain to me. And we talked it through and, and I you know, tried to repeat it back and understand and figure it out. And at the end of the day, she was, you know, gave me enough examples. But what about the vaccines? What if that gets dropped? Or what about housing? Or what if we don't have power? Or what if, you know, what if the school, the school district is wrong? And there, there was, when she started listing off all the things that were on her mind, I was like, this is, this is a big deal. Like, oh my gosh. And I started to get a little worried about following me. <laughs> and I began to feel what it felt like to be her in the marriage and have to submit to me when I was just kind of wheels off, honestly. And, uh, and so we sat down and I said, well, tell me how you would go about this, you know? And, and we talked it through and I realized that her gifts in this area of administration were a lot better than mine. And we talked it through and we, I began to be afraid to follow me. And so I, I, I said, okay, hon, let's, let's do it your way. And, and, and I realized that she had so much to contribute to this move and I would take responsibility. She, you know, we would talk about what needed to be done, and then I would do it, and then I would check back, and we just kind of had this back and forth, right? And I felt like I was playing my role, you know, as, as the one who needed to lead, and I was making the calls, and I was, I was uh, getting things set up, but then I was coming back to the huddle saying, all right, what's the next play? You know, let's make sure we're on the same page with the next play. So if you run that way, I'm going to throw the ball that way. All right, great. And so men, as we leave here today, here's my challenge to us you know would your wife is, is just to understand our wives and say you know hon do I get you in what ways do I not actually let's take it back one way you know wives let's, what's one way I don't get you and how can I change that and maybe what's one way I do get you and what do you one thing do you love so ladies be tender with us but help us love you in an understanding way and men let's step up and do it amen
Father in heaven, I thank you for your word, which brings clarity, clarity to the beauty of the differences between men and women that our world has denied and resented, but we embrace. And yes, they have caused a lot of trouble and friction, but Lord, you are good. And you made us to compliment each other. So Lord, give us men courage. Courage to lead by laying down our lives, to bless and honor and help and support and listen to and affirm our wives. And may they be, may they blossom, Lord, and may they thrive under our care in the way that we thrive under yours. And so, Lord, may you help us do this. Help us do this. For you are faithful, Lord, and make us faithful as husbands to love our wives as Christ loves his church, these daughters of God. May it be for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.